0: Psalm 135, no, it's not Psalm 135, it's Psalm 15, and it has a teaching purpose. It encourages us about how we as individuals and families and community are invited to live in God's presence with joy and integrity. So listen to Psalm 15. O Lord, who shall sojourn in thy heart? Who shall dwell on thy holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth from his heart, who does not slander with his tongue, does no evil to his friend, nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does all of these things shall never be moved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: At the time the book of James was written, the church was still learning how to walk. The epistles were used as a guide to these baby Christians on what was expectant of them as new converts to the faith. One such epistle was written by James, traditionally considered to be a brother of Jesus. So let's hear from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits for all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce a, the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after looking at themselves goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. To look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And this is the word of the Lord, let's be to God. Before our meditation this morning, let uh, let us pray. Lord, to where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Help us now to hear and obey what you say to us today. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Now, many many years ago, while I was attending seminary and going through the ordination process, I had to take a unit of clinical pastoral education. It's called uh, CPE. And so CPE is used to train uh, people for pastoral care. And usually seminaries don't teach these, uh, this, this, this uh, pastoral care component, which is extremely important in the life of the church. So the first lesson that we had in our class was, was focused on active listening. The instructors split the class up in the, into partners, so we, so we, all, we all partnered with, with another person. And so each person were to to tell their partner a time that they felt most vulnerable. So the listening partner would then focus their attention on the person speaking. No interruptions, no questions, they just sat there and listened. Now, when the person speaking was finished, then the person listening was to report to the rest of the class on what that person was saying. And not only what, what they said with their words, but how, what they were saying with their, their body language, their, their eyes, the tone of their voice. So the problem is, so it was a very difficult assignment because for most of us, when we're listening to somebody, we're, we're not totally paying attention to what they're saying. We might have thinking about different things, like like what what to make for dinner tonight, or you know what's on TV, what's on what's on Netflix. So uh, so we're not totally focused. And so um, so I so I always experienced this when I was uh, when I was preaching when I had my my church in Missouri, you know, I'd look around the congregation and I could tell who was focused on the sermon and who kind of checked out about five minutes ago. And so, one, you know, one, one Sunday morning, I, I noticed somebody towards the back of the church and, and she had her head down. You know, all I could see was the top of her head. And I thought, well, maybe she's praying. But no, she was, she was texting during the, whole, during the whole time I was preaching the sermon, and I was, I was tempted to bring a, a, a tennis ball to church the next Sunday, and like if she had her head down and was texting, I would take the tennis ball and just kind of chuck it over her way to see if to kind of wake her up, but, but I didn't. That would, have, that would have caused a whole new set of problems. Listening and speaking are one of the themes in our passage this morning that we read in the book of James. So James is one of my favorite books in the New Testament. I love James because it doesn't take a whole lot of translation to understand what James is talking about or writing about. Um, it's pretty straightforward. You know, James can be called the epistle of common sense because he tells it like it is. He does not mince words. It doesn't take a genius to figure out what he is saying. So James offers instructions on a wide variety of issues. And those issues are among the most significant in the life of a Christian. Each instruction serves to assist the community and individuals within the community as they walk the path to Christian maturity. James is pointing out that our faith is not just confined to what we think and feel. We can proclaim that Jesus is Lord, and we can read our Bibles each day, but if we do not act in a manner in which people will know that we are Christians, then James says our faith is meaningless. Now, if I have had the experience of driving on uh, the freeways here in the L.A., greater L.A. area, and what fun that is... And so, you know, sometimes I kind of drive, I'm, I try, try to drive towards the right, and I'm going maybe a little bit over the speed limit, but there are people that like to go way over the speed limit. And so this one, this one driver was kind of following me along, and, he, 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 and when it was, it, the coast was clear, he, he pulled out and, and passed me on the left and just, you know, just rushed up the road. And he, uh, and he flipped me off while he was passing. And he had a Jesus fish on the back of his car. So, word of advice. If you're someone who gets t- tend to, gets, to get angry while you're driving, don't put a Jesus fish on your car. The first two past verses of the passage answers the question of who is God? God is is identified by what he gives. Every perfect gift comes from above. The gift comes down from the Father of lights. The first line in the doxology, you remember the doxology, is praise God from whom all blessings flow. And this is what James means by these first verses. The people to whom James writes are those who have received life from God. Without this, there would be nothing further to say, since people have something to give precisely of what they have received from God. We live in a society in which some people feel that they are entitled to certain benefits, and when they do not receive what they feel they deserved, they become angry and resentful. They tend not to do for others. These entitled people are not necessarily poor themselves. In fact, Some are very wealthy. They're not satisfied with what they have, and they are in search of more. In contrast, some people feel that they have been blessed far more than what they deserve, even though on the surface, these people do not appear to have a whole lot. These people tend to do for others, and they're very extravagant with their time and talents. In verse 17, God is called the father of lights, with whom there is no shadow or variation due to change. This recalls that God is the giver, because God is the creator. In the beginning, God brought light into being, and that light was God. In God, there is no dark side, there is only light. In verse 18, God is the word of truth, which gives birth to new life in a person. Birth language is life language. Life language is more than just bodily life. It means new life in relationship with God. God says that those who are given new birth are the first fruits. In biblical tradition, the first fruits are the first crops to appear ready for harvest or the first of the newborn cattle. There are signs of a greater harvest yet to come. And these first fruits are regularly offered to God as a sign that the entire harvest belonged to God. Everything we have belongs to God, and we are to give back to God the first fruits of what we have received. To be a first fruit is to belong to God, to be claimed by God, to be wanted by God. The remainder of the passage asks the question, who are you? uh, James goes into a series of moral imperatives so to guide the follower to a right way of Christian living. The first of these is that people need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for anger does not produce God's righteousness. What a revelation. How many people in our lives need to hear this? How many of those people are us. How different would society look if we took James, what James says, to heart? But we don't. Instead, we smear people, throw them under the bus to further our own misguided agenda. Don't believe me? How many have been watching uh, TV the last few months and seen all the commercials for uh, uh, for the governor recall? and all the mudslinging and all the, all the stuff that goes on with it. So James instructs us to rid ourselves of this wickedness and instead clothe ourselves in the implanted word that can save our souls. James was witnessing the problems in the first century church, which, which was filled with conflict, bad blood, tempers flaring, accusations of false teaching. Does that sound familiar? the challenges in the 21st century church are not much different than they were in the churches in the first century. Verse 22 is the book of James in a nutshell. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. You can believe all you want, but there needs to be accountability. We need to put into effect what we believe. Looking back on the example of active listening, when we are active listeners, we understand those who are going through a difficult period in their lives. We become more empathetic, and we reach out to assist uh, to their needs. Humility is a key active listening is the key to active listening as we set aside our own agendas to help others. With humility, we go out into the world. become participants and not just spectators. James asks us to picture ourselves standing in front of a mirror. Do you like what you see? Can you be honest with yourself as you look in that mirror? Do you see things that you would like to change? If so, what are they? James is not talking about how we physically look in the mirror. James is talking about the mirror into our souls. Imagine a mirror that reflects back to the viewer all of God's grace, love, peace, and joy that have been working in and through a person's life, the fullness of a person's salvation through Christ. We are to think about ourselves in terms of how God sees us. Do you see who you are? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Are you someone who's been blessed by God's gifts? Someone who's been brought to new life through God's work? A person who is a first fruit set aside as someone who belongs to God? What happens when you forget who you are? Life typically takes another course. If you forget how much you've been given, why would you give anything to others? If you forget how much you've been received, then life is reduced to a quest to get what you can and when you can. Or what if you forget that God's word has given you new life, bringing you into a renewed relationship with the God who made you and wants you as his own? If you forget what God's word gives you, then what you do with your words does not matter. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I do forget all of what God has given me. I tend to get an attitude of entitlement, and I feel that I'm I'm not getting what I deserve. I have these illusions of grandeur and thinking that I am something more than I am. Then God comes along and gently brings me back to earth. So what do you see when you look in the mirror? Are you a doer of the word? or just a hearer of the word? Now, our church, like most churches, are involved in mission. We bring food for the Wilshire Presbyterian Church, and we also give to other uh, charities we are out in the community. I'm on staff with the West Valley Food Pantry, and I know others who give their time and talents uh, to the church and to other local charities. But could we do more? For those of you who have lived in this area most of your lives, when you look around your neighborhood, do you see what some of the needs are? Now, I've been living in the valley only since November, so I been, haven't been here very long, 10 months, I guess. But I can see some of the challenges, but I just don't know where to begin to address them. Where as a church can we be of help? Where, as a child of God, can I be of help? Look around and be conscious on where we could be the hands and feet of God in our community. And this is what James means when he says, be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. In verse 25, James says, look at yourself again in the perfect law of liberty and tell me what you see. Those who look into the perfect law of liberty and persevere being not hearers but who forget being not hearers who forget but doers who act they will be blessed in their doing. And this is where we see ourselves James says look into the law of love and this is who God has created you to be. Let us pray. Father, we give thanks for all that you have done for us, for the gift of life, for growing and learning and experiencing the wonders of your world. For the gift of love, of sharing and caring and seeing glimpses of you in the joy of friendship, the care of family, the love between parent and child. Lord, make us mindful of all your gifts that we may be content and grateful, giving our love and lives to you all our days. In Jesus' name. Amen.